Real show, here we go. Real show, here we go. You know that it's gotta be that time, so this is what we chant. What keeps on getting them all amped in advance? Come on. You and I rocking out with Iron Man, F.E. You get the general's point of view on top of Roger's rants. Whenever it's happening out, we're putting the most minutes in you. Already know what that's about, you know that winners win. Crush whatever's on task, check the podcast. It's the champ in the tramp, let the bomb blast. There you go. Now I saw, him, I was clicking through him. stuff. And what's going I, on? I like that. The flag in the background. We got Thanks. Tim Kennedy on, a man that really doesn't need any introduction. He's a UFC vet, strike force vet, WEC vet, actual real vet, army vet. Uh, this guy's a legend. He's like America's hero. Uh, I asked him, come on. I know he's he's highly sought after, but thank you, brother. Thank you so much for giving us a little bit of time, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, Tim. Absolutely. You know, my pleasure. Always a, always a big fan of you. You know, same, you know, yeah, I was just I was just looking around the podcast room and I and I realized the one thing we're missing here, Tim, on that table right there, we need the stars and stripes signed book from you as well. That's really all we're missing here. Yeah, he's definitely spelled on that. You got a you got an American flag hanging sitting in there somewhere? Uh, oh yeah. Yes, oh yeah. All right. I'm just, I'm just making sure I got a yes, Texas uh, flag over there. I got this burnt flag right there. I got another American flag over there. I also have a boar spear just sitting in the corner. You never know. Yeah, you're about as American as they come, brother. How's how's Texas life? I've I've Frankie and I have often talked about if we left New Jersey, if well, the the one place that seems to always pop up is Texas. Man, there there's no place better than Texas. I'm serious. Um, right before I got, I mean, I stink like smoke. We're uh, we're cooking. We're doing a cooking show, and we literally just like pulled off on the side of the woods and uh, started a Texas Oak fire. And then we threw a bunch of uh, good rancher meat on there. That's Texas born, Texas raised, Texas harvested. And, um, you know, some apple, applewood smoked bacon, some basil, some garlic. And on the side of the road, we did like a campfire, uh, open faced bone in ribeye sandwich. And, uh, and I just ran home so I could hop on this podcast. <laughs> That's all. Well, we appreciate it. So, well fed. You're well fed though. Yeah. But te- Texas is, um, is it, that's just, I mean, it's the best place in the world. I feel like if there's going to be a last stand, that's where it's going to happen. You know, we're yeah. all, all us Patriots are going to go down there and it's, it's, yeah. it's big enough. Yeah. Just fight, just fight your way down to Texas. <laughs> yeah. Freedom's not going anywhere. And I'll tell you what, nobody's ever going to make their way into Louisiana, Mississippi or Florida either. So, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're a little in trouble up here, probably. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Man, uh, it's great talking to you. So what's going on? What's life like? Life's good, man. I mean, uh, you know, for me, I, I'm, I live that dad life. You know, you're a father of four, right? Uh, Frankie's yeah. got three. You know, we're, uh, you know how it is, man. You're always running around with sports and, and that sort of thing. And, and we like to come down here and jam out once in a while in the podcast room. And it's not every day we get a legend like you on. So, uh, yeah. yeah, man, I'm just, uh, yeah, we're staying, staying busy living that dad life. I see yeah, you. I, uh, you you uh, Go, Frankie. you started your own school, right? Yeah, yeah. How does that? How's that going? Yeah, so we're two years in. Um, man, we we're bursting at the seams. Every single class is full. We have a waiting list of it's it's called Apogee Cedar Park. We so I have two, kind of like two education initiatives. One of them is a, a dads and young men's mentorship program called Apogee Strong, and um, 
you know, we have thousands of dads and young men going through this Apogee Strong program, which is, it, 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 it's pretty commonplace for us where athletes that, and, and collegiate athletes, um, like the intentionality and focus and discipline and regiment, like that, that is not really existing in this generation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being faithful in the small things, being, being diligent, you know, just real small stuff like diet and exercise and, um, you know, like being at the right place, the right time with the right stuff. You know, if you being a man of your word where, you know, if, if coach told you to be someplace and you didn't show up, man, in my, in my era, the kid beat you, you know, like that's where I'm a child of the eighties with like, they would literally like mop the mats with your face. And, uh, and, and now it's, I, I don't know what's going on, but there, it seems like men have forgotten how to be men. And, uh, so that's one big initiative is the Apogee strong. And the second is our actual physical school location, which is Apogee Cedar park. And, um, and, uh, Year one, I have a lot of businesses. I had never started school before and I struggled. Um, you know, we were under the Acton model initially. I wanted to stay Socratic, but it wasn't the right fit. We ended up um, kind of rebooting and restarting in year two. And it is amazing. Um, Michelle Meyer is our head of school. She's brilliant. Lauren's head administrator, all the guides, teachers, but we, we, they're the guides in the classroom with all the, with all the heroes um, it is just magic in every corner. You know, they're going to airports and, and learn about aviation as, uh, when instead of just like memorizing to know for a test, they're learning math, how to apply it in real life. Mm. You know, whether it's tr- they're trying to fill up, figure out the volume of mulch to put into the playscape, um, or they're, you know, trying to figure out the Venturi effect for, um, helicopters and resistance and, and it's, it's the way that education's supposed to be. There's yeah. no Practical. weird. Yeah. And, and there's also no, like no weird outside influences. You know, like I, I don't need anyone doing anything in any of those rooms besides learning. Um, you know, there's no, there's no weird initiatives, you know, there's no, like, it's just, it's just right. It's a, it's an environment conducive to learn. And, and, and what was your reasoning for doing that for starting the school? I mean, I think the answer is kind of obvious, but. Yeah. I mean, current education federally doesn't, um, doesn't care about kids learning. Um, they're, they're trying to build consumers. They're trying to build, um, I don't need a lemming, uh, that comes and works for me. I don't need a kid that can pass a test. I need somebody that can think. I need somebody that can apply their logic and to make critical think de- critical decisions, um, specifically around economics about how to run a business. And, um, you know, because you have like a semi-decent SAT score and, you know, the your, your ability to get into a school did heavily influenced by your, your race. Like that, that's not useful as a business owner. I just need people that are passionate about <laughs> building and creating. And, um, you know, like of any race, color, creed, just just give me somebody that wants to work. Right. And and that's that's what this Socratic process really delivers is – a young man and a young woman that are, that are, that are starving to be challenged to, to go out and to do and to create and to build. And there's a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, we, we really um, model the, the process of teaching through this entrepreneurial journey of what does it feel like? You know, last year they did um, each one, I'm, I'm talking elementary school kids. They launched a business. They went to the farmer's market they created a profit and loss statement. They forecasted the expenses 
of the product. They figured out how much money they're going to make with how much they're going to sell. They went out and they had to market and then they had to sell and they had to come back and they had to give a briefing, but to their, to their peers about how their business went, what did change, you know, like the, the positives and the negatives, what are the sustains, what are the improves? These are like eight year olds, you know, <laughs> and I, there's there's 17 year old seniors and juniors yeah. in high school that have no idea how to do this right. and I, I would rather go to one of our eight-year-olds and be like hey man i'm looking at launching a business is this a good idea mm-hmm. you know then uh then this kid that's about to go to you know to here in austin to to ut and a business degree uh it's scary man it's, it's more scary. It's scary. giving these kids real world stuff that's the problem and school doesn't give anything real world i mean when they don't even teach you how to to you know, balance your checkbook really, you know, it's, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then between the young men's mentorship program, you're like, you're going to know how to change a tire. You're going to know how to change the oil in your car. You know, you're going to read, um, we have a pretty comprehensive reading list that, um, g- gives you a really diverse knowledge and experience of, you know, historical Socratic approach and, um, you know, the, the, the stoic approach to, to being, a citizen, you know, if you're reading the 1910 Roosevelt writings on what it looks like to be a good citizen, a contributing member of society, um, that's lost, you know, and, and we, we, we sure desperately is. need, we desperately need that back. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think trades oftentimes go overlooked, you know what I mean? You're, you're always pushed for higher level of learning or, or business or whatever it may be, but trades so often get overlooked. And I think that, you know, so many kids could benefit from going into a trade, you know, find something that you're interested in and, and, you know, pursue it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know where that's, is it cool to be a welder? Is it cool to be a plumber? Well, I'll tell you what's freaking cool is to drive a Porsche. Yeah. And I'll tell you the, 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 the fellow that rolled up with his Tesla um, plaid model to weld my fence, <laughs> you know, I was like, all right, all right. So that's uh and I'm about to pay, uh, you know, and, and seeing his hourly rate, I was like, yeah, I drive a Tesla Plaid too, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you're hundred percent right. It's, and it, it is cool. It, it, it's brilliant to be able to create and to build and to, and to do things with your hands. And, uh, and I don't know at what point we thought it was cooler to get a degree, you know, in, in women's science or, um, you know, the history of dance. Um, but I'll tell you what is coming into the real world and trying to put food on your table without any usable skills. Yeah. That's a scary thing. I think the coolest thing there is just is to be self-sufficient, provide for oh, yourself. Amen. Need, that's right. Need nobody else. And I mean, that's, that's, you know, maybe we're misusing the word cool, but to me, that's cool. You know, I agree. Yeah. So what, Tim, I mean, you're about the manliest man I've, I, that I know on planet earth. What do you think is happening? Where is all this coming from? Why, why is the, you know, why, why are we seem to be breeding more and more weak men? It's, it's, it's not this nature nurture. Um, you know, th- this is not the nature of man to, to, to sit and to not create and to not work hard and not to, um, to have the grit, you know, Frankie and, and, uh, Gray Maynard, when you guys put on that fight back and forth, I was live in arguably one of the best fights in, in UFC history. Um, you know, I was, I was cage side losing my mind. You know what that was, was that, that was grit, right? Mm-hmm. That was you going out there, getting knocked down, getting up, knocking him down, him getting up. You hit him with a couple of back to back upper hooks, up, um, uppercuts, and then dropping him with another hand, you know, and then he gets back up. Like this is the craziest thing of guys flying through the air, blood on my shirt. You know, um, you, you can't, 
like grit isn't born into you. You know, there, there's not a, a medal of honor recipient that came out of the womb, you know, like punched the uterus on his way out and was like, you know what? I'm going to be one of the greatest soldiers ever to walk the face of the planet. Now they, they learn that through trials and tribulations. And, um, you know, if, if you don't do hard things, you're never going to be a hard person. You know, if you don't face challenges, you're never going to have grit. And when you can sit there and pick up your phone and get instant food delivered to your door and, uh, and you know, you can be missing every opportunity to do hard things, you know, where I think I can take a pill and lose some weight, you know, I'm gonna do the 15 minute ab session, yeah. you know, it just, it's not real. It doesn't exist. And then we see the byproduct of that second, third order effects is where we have the most obese, obese nation on, um, in the world. You know, we have the most obese Americans in American history. We have yeah. more diabetics than we've ever had. We have the lowest percentage of, of athletes in high schools. And, and we know what the, the consequence is, 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 is a crumbling society. So, um, you know, to answer your question, did the chicken come before the egg? Um, there's nothing wrong with the nature of man. We are the same species that we've always been. Adaptation is a beautiful thing. Uh, we have marathoners, you know, that can run, run five minute miles for, for 26 miles. Then we got guys that can pick 1500 pounds off the floor. It's the same species. It's our ability to adapt. And what we've done is we've made life easy and it's time for us to start doing hard things again. So then you can see, you know, champions like Frankie step out there and go toe to toe and show grit. And you would not have had a grit had you not faced challenges before that. So man, give me hard stuff. Yeah. I saw you speak. I, I think you were talking about Ariel Hawani maybe, but I saw you talk about um, losing your first wrestling match and how that altered the trajectory of your life and how the impact of that. It was a single elimination match. I think you, you got beat and you, you sat there. It, I, I don't want to speak, but I think you were embarrassed and you, it changed your trajectory dramatically, you know? Yeah. 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 It was super embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, my, my wrestling tournament, you know, um, you could weigh in the day before then. So, you know, we, we weighed in on Friday. I showed up to the tournament on Saturday. Then my first match was at like nine 30 and my tournament was over at nine 30. Mm -hmm. And that was the end, you know? And, um, my dad, an incredible athlete, my brother, an incredible athlete. I have uncles in the hall of fame and in a variety of different sports, professional sports, you know? And then like my, my first real competition, um, I was pinned in seconds and, um, you know, I was, those are the most important moments in life and people avoid those moments for what reason? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, to this day, I'm embarrassed and I'm humiliated. You know, I think back to the first time that I got to a special forces team and I talked back to my boss, John McPhee, you know, I, I was like, no, this is what we should do in this. Cause I knew everything of course. And how, like how much shame I think thinking back to, to, to you know, like what in my right mind was I thinking to talk to my boss like that? And, um, you know, and then he scuffed me up and he dragged me through the dirt and he embarrassed me in front of my team. And, uh, and I got a little bit better, still not great, but a little bit better. And, um, and I'm still not perfect, but I'm a little bit better. And the only way that you get better is through, is through hard hardship and challenges. Yeah, I totally agree. I think in, in all aspects of life relationships, just your own personal, you know, journey adversity is the key to, to, you know, becoming a better human. Yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah, you're right. We we need purpose, right? And that adversity kind of kind of. I feel like we got to struggle. I mean, I know I do. I need to be tore. I got to torture myself a little yeah, bit. You this, know, this guy likes yeah. to bleed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. bleed, but I like to torture myself. It's sauna, cold plunge. You know, you got to do something. Are you into that, Tim? You doing the cold plunge stuff? I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, man, I, I want to be an athlete. 
well into my nineties. Mm. You know, this morning I was uh, with the Danaher team with the new wave, you know, my, my three consecutive rounds with, was Nicholas Murigelli, um, Luke Griffin and, uh, Giancarlo Bedoni. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, three back to back 10 minute rounds after an hour long, um, session on the mat. And, um, you know, no, no, no submissions had to happen. You know, I'm not gonna like kiss and tell, but I was, I was humiliated, you know, like they're better than me right now. And, um, you know, of course I came home and I hopped in my, my 39 degree pool and I sat there and, uh, for five minutes, so happy, Yeah, you yeah. know, cause that's exactly what a morning is supposed to be like. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That's great. Yeah. It's great. You still grab. I know why. Well, I, I mean, I was a follow along. I see you working out like an animal still. That's just something you're going to do forever. Like you said, to your 90, I think I seen like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was like, you know, I uh, I worked out when I was twenty. Why wouldn't I work when I was 30, 40, 50, 60? You know what I mean? I eat breakfast when, yeah. at fifty. Why wouldn't I eat breakfast at sixty? Same thing. Yeah, yeah. I, that's a great. It's on YouTube. It's on Instagram too. Arnold Schwarzenegger puts it so plainly. He's like this is just part of my day. This is just part of my life. You know, in, in the in the same way that I lay down every single night and I wake up and I have breakfast every single day. I'm gonna go to the gym every single day. You know, the, um, and you know, he's still a sharp, you know, Chuck Norris, you know, he's a, a fellow Texan and, um, you know, sharp, the, the, the man trains, he's what, 80 something years old now. And, um, is he really? Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Time gets us all. And, uh, martial arts, physicality, being in the gym and challenging your brain, whether, you know, that's cold plunge stuff or sauna stuff, um, or just finding challenges, learning new languages, each, every single one of those things is good for your brain and for your body and for your soul. Yeah. The monk life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I see you, you've rolled with Gordon Ryan as well. What's that like? That that's you roll with a murderous row of people. <laughs> it is not good. <laughs> um, as I mean, you know, Giancarlo Bedoni, what one, um, ADCC in, in 88, um, Margelli, I think he was like bronze or silver at a 99 and then Gordon, of you know, won the whole thing. Um, you know, so Luke Griffin, he, he's on a big win streak, um, in, in a bunch of pro matches, um, who's number one and EB, uh, Eddie Bravia invitational stuff, yeah. you know, so like they, they're, they're top in the world, those guys. And then there's Killers. Gordon. Yeah, yeah, right, right, and, right. And, and then there's a different level, and then, yeah. then there's like, and you know, I can hang with those guys, and then there's Gordon. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, it's, it's impossible to describe how, how much better he is than everybody on the planet. Yeah, he's better. He's better at everything. You know, he's like, ah, dude, he's a monster in the gi. Ah, uh, but you know, is, is his takedowns good? Yes, they are. Yeah. You know, is his judo good? Yes, it is. You know, is is uh, his no gi obviously, um, like he's just the best grappler on the planet. And you know, I, I think in the next year or two, going to be impossible for anyone to have an argument that he's not the greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, geez, he. Uh, I remember he. You know, he's a Jersey guy originally, so uh, I remember him coming in Ricardo's as a blue belt. He must have been fifteen or sixteen. This kid was all over me, man. He's <laughs> yeah. not as big as he was now, obviously. I'm like, who the hell is this kid? And man, yeah. it turned out he's uh, he's amazing. I think he's yeah. he's doing big things for the sport too. He's getting a lot more eyes on it. You know, 
the way he carries himself obviously can be a little controversial, but I, you know, that, that increases fighter pay. You know, these guys are getting paid more now and, and, you know, a lot of them, Oh, oh, some thanks to Gordon because of that. You know, he's putting a lot more eyes on the sport. I think with Gordon, he could say whatever he wants because he yeah. backs every single thing up. Yes, he does. I mean, no yeah. one, no one does that. No one talks no. like that and backs it up. He he does. He did. Yes, he does. He he does. Yeah. He did get a uh, little challenge that? out of Nicky Rodriguez. Though. It was a little more challenging this go round, I think. You know. Yeah, I mean, Nicky for sure showed up. You know, I don't know what happened with Nicky at, at ADCC. I thought that was going to be the most competitive. You know, mm. they're they're both in Austin. Right, and, right, um, yeah. and I, I am, I am, I, I, I like all those guys. Yeah. You know, I, I know that the Cobra Kai gym thing happened and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I, I, I fortunately am an old man as, as a middle-aged dude that's been a black belt for, you know, decade. Um, so like I, I get to train with the six blades team. So I get to train with Victor Hugo and Shonji Ribeiro and Felipe, you know, then I get to, you know, train with Nicky Rod and the B team guys and have Craig throw me around, you know, then I can walk in a new wave. And, um, you know, so I get, I get to have the best in the world in five different gyms here in Austin, literally the, like the best guys in the world are all here. Yeah, yeah. And so I get to, in, in, in a week, get little snapshots of where all these guys are in different phases of, of, when they're peaking, when they're not, you know, and you know, this, especially when get, the same guys get to go against each other on any given night, you know, I, when I fought for titles, um, that was my night. And if, you know, you, you change anything, a diet, a day, you know, like, um, the, when I was getting ready to fight at Madison square gardens against Rashad, like you could have put anybody in there, and there's nobody that would have lasted around with me, you know? And then I remember walking out to fight, um, Luke Rockhold and Brandon, um, Greg Thompson, uh, Greg Jackson, Winkle John and Nick, they're like, you know, are you all right? I'm like, man, yeah, I'm just, man, I don't know. Like, and then I went out there and I fought definitely not the way I'm supposed to fight. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like on any given night when you get at that top five in the world, um, it's, it's almost on any given night. And I was happy to see Gordon have a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. You know, too. um, and it was, he's going to be like better the, for it. It was the same situation that happened the first time. I mean, he went for the leg lock and, and Nikki got a little better. He got out of it. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think he's found his home in Austin. He seems he bounced around a lot. Gordon, you know, was he's originally a Jer- Jersey guy, as Frankie said, and then he went somewhere and then he went to Puerto Rico and, Seems yeah, he was in New York for a bit. Yeah. New York to Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico to Austin. Yes, but uh, they're not going anywhere. They're going to no, be here seem, a long time. They seem, yeah, they seem like they found their own. Not, I mean, the fact that uh, like you said, the best jujitsu guys are in Austin. How, how, what? That's pretty recent, right? Or has it always been like that? I mean, I was here, yeah. so uh, I don't know. I don't know how to take that, Frankie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, maybe about six years ago the trend of um, more people coming to Austin, you know, Paolo Brandau came here. We had a Grace Humida. Um, we had a Helsin Gracie school. Um, and then we had all the suburban gyms, but we had like two, two good gyms that were producing high level competitors that were going on in, in um, the international Brazilian jiu-jitsu world and doing well. And um, then you know, with, with me fighting and me bringing in fighters, you know, the, the Poyers and um, the Chandlers, you know, guys, guys were cu- coming in here to train because weather's lovely. Austin's lovely. 
um, on it gets here with on it came lots of professional athletes like Cowboy Cerrone, um, Michelle Watterson and, uh, and a, a bunch of other sport professional athletes with kind of cross pollination. And then with on it came Joe Rogan. And then when Joe Rogan moved here and, uh, then the, then the secrets out, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the world knows Joe loves jujitsu. Joe brought more jujitsu attention here. And then, um, and then it was just like, you know, a bunch of hornets on a piece of meat at a picnic table. Yeah. They're just, everybody's dropping in and then it's permanent. It is. It seems like a lot of people there, man. I was there recently for my buddy's bachelor party. It was, it was a, a, a boy had a blast. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's a great city. It's um, I, I, oh. I love Austin. It's a, it's a little blueberry in a, in a very red state. Mm. And um, everybody that's moving here, they're moving here because it's a red state. You know, there's, and not not getting political, and I'm not mean. I I love Austin because of a lot of the progressive, cultured aspects of the music and the food and the diverse culture that exists in Austin. But then I'm also in Texas, you know. So I I have all the the benefits of of low taxes for my businesses, as low taxes for my my personal income. You know, like being able to, you know, on the other side of this camera is a couple of safes that have lots of freedom inside of them, and uh, <laughs> like all the things that ex- can exist inside of, inside of Texas. Yeah. Texas might be the move, Raj. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. Kids get a little older. Well, you're going to need a, like a groundskeeper and a pool boy. I'm sure you're going to be a, buy a big spread down there. Yeah, so yeah. Oh, I got you. I'll take care of you, pal. You bring the, t- yeah. you could, you, could, uh, you know, <laughs> cut the toll break. Yeah, we walk out of my garage. There's, there's eight motorcycles back there. There's one for the three-year-old. There's one for the seven-year-old. There's, there's one for the teenagers. You know, I got my couple motorcycles out there. You know, we ride out the back of the motors out of the back of the out of the back of the garage into the backyard. We have a four-acre uh, motorcycle track. You know, with wow. ramps and jumps and berms and turns. You know, and then, uh, like I told you, I literally like dr- drove halfway down my neighborhood just to pull off to the side of the road to to cook a steak. That's awesome. Yeah, man. that's that that's so living. Cool. That's living. I grew up in Maine originally, so it was similar to that. You know what I mean? I mean, I could literally from my house get on a dirt bike quad wherever and just go rip. You know what I mean? So very yeah. different where I where I live now, though. Dude, I don't know. So my son comes home from his first day of school today, and they're like, you know, summarize your your holidays. Like, what was the best gift that you had? Um, what you know, what was your favorite part of 2022? What are you looking forward to for forward towards? in 2023 and he said that he wanted to go to maine yeah i, like, I asked rollo my, my son is like where did you even hear of maine he's like oh it sounds cool i'm like but where did you hear about me he's like have you ever been there i'm like yeah it's cool he's like what's it like i'm like i don't know montana colorado idaho it's just on the east though so it's like <laughs> you know it's it's all right and uh, I, I, like, I, honestly i think you'd love it i mean there are definitely some similarities to texas very free state very uh uh, no growth state. They don't encourage growth. They don't want new business. They want to keep it very pristine. Uh, but you got to yeah. go the right places in the right time because it is a very, you know, the summer, they call it vacation land for a reason. So you don't want to go to those spots, you know, but go to like Baxter yeah. State Park. That would be right up your alley, like Mount Katahdin. Uh, you're you're going to have you're gonna have to give me like the, the inside down low info yeah, on where to go. I can um, do that. I, I'm not joking. On the top of my screen right now is my wife texting me Airbnbs in Maine. Ah, so, that's uh, awesome. I don't know what that have yeah, you that, have you ever have funny. you ever seen a moose? Oh yeah, you've seen them. Yeah. Okay, because yeah, yeah, we used to go to Baxter State Park every year, and you would see in a week you'd see like twenty five moose. It's crazy, you know what I mean? It's crazy. So you'd wake up yeah, some would, mornings, they'd literally be right outside the cabin just looking at you. 
Very cool. Yeah, with it, without my bow, I might lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I, I love moose. Um, yeah. So, uh, besides, what is retirement like, Frankie? Uh, it's kind of boring right now. I'm trying to figure some things out, but uh, planning to open up a, a school myself. So I'm kind of looking for some some property and some some space. Uh, fighting school, jujitsu school, uh, educational of, school. Oh, uh, a uh, uh, MMA slash jujitsu school, little fitness Man, school. Yeah. Let me fly you down to Texas b- before you set some roots here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Honestly, halfway I, serious, but but I'm serious. Yeah, tech, you know Texas is uh, been good. To, I had three of my be- best, three of my might be my best wins are in Texas. So, Man, you fought in Austin, didn't you? I did. I fought in Austin. I fought Cub Swanson in Austin. That was that was. Oh, like, that's right, you son of a bitch! I yeah. was, that was <laughs> yeah. one of my favorite fights of all time. Yeah, it's one of my teammates, right? And like one yeah. of my good friends. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's yeah. and I was live for that fight front row. Um, you know, and uh, oh, you broke my heart. Yeah, that night. <laughs> What yeah. a great fight, though! You look great. It was yeah, it was a good one. Um, that was yeah, that was in Austin, and then I fought uh, Uriah, uh Yair Rodriguez in uh, in Dallas, and then Maynard Three was in Houston. So Yair been good to me. Was a huge hype train. Remember all the hype behind him, and then he went up against you, and just kind of. I mean, he's still oh, great, oh, and he yeah. got yeah. Well, that kind of ended the hype for a little bit, you know. Yeah, he he is great though. He is and, uh, no question. Um, yeah, no question. Another and and he was on the hype train, and he was um, and hype trains do a great thing for uh, when, when an athlete stays with his regiment with the hype behind him. I, it feels like momentum. Yeah, uh, you know, it feels like an accelerant for training. Like I want to train harder. I want to be in the gym more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is a little bit of pressure. So if there's guys that don't do well with the pressure part, but uh. Yeah, there's some guys like Connor, the hype train breaks, um, you know, but, the, but then there's some that it's the best thing for them. Like yeah. the, the confidence is a stain. You can't wipe off, you know, kind of yeah. like that. Yeah. You remember he sure. said in an interview, he said something like, uh, my mom had a dream that I was going to head kick Frankie and knock him out. Something Who's like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know, yeah. I said, "Mom, I had a dream I was going to be a doctor." I was like, "I guess we all got to, all got to disappoint <laughs> our parents at some time." <laughs> oh man, uh, the um, so I, I I have a martial I have a jujitsu school here in Texas, and um, and I, I went crazy old school, and you know, like all the guys where like Helio Gracie originally, everybody's in white geese unless you're getting ready for a competition. It's the only time that you can wear a blue gi. Mm. Um, you know, we have judo subfloor spring mats, like a, a proper Olympic judo subfloor. Uh, you know, it's a $100,000 subfloor wow. with, um, you know, F- Fuji Tommy mats on the top of it, white walls around the whole entire thing. Um, I have teak wood that edges the whole entire uh, mat, and then I have teak mat that goes around the edge of the teak wood, and then everything's teak trimmed. Um, you know, you walk in, you feel like you're walking into a martial arts school in the 1600s wow. in Japan. That's cool. And, uh, you know, we've, I love, I love our school, the community, the kid, you know, the kids class, we have 50 freaking kids in every single class and it's just laughter and joy. Rebecca, um, is our head coach there. And, you know, she is 
like pulling out her three ring binder to go through the thing that she's covering tonight and the detail that she's going to be going over. She's uh, Giancarlo's wife and uh, John Dan, her student. Um, and uh, so we, we are precise in execution and we are obsessive with the planning and we are very traditional in the approach and it creates just the magic that is supposed to exist within a martial arts school. So I'm excited that you're going to go that route. And, uh, my only word of encouragement is go a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, if you, you know, don't, I'm going to throw up a metal building and throw some mats. No, no, they deserve no. better. Yeah. You know, I'm going to, I'm not going to throw some AC in there because I want them to be hard. No, they deserve better. Right, you know, like right. give them everything. So when they step off the street, when they're coming from their nine to five, they're working five days a week, you know, they're barely getting through every single day and not getting a divorce and, and struggling to be a good parent. They have an hour of escape where they can walk in and they know everything's clean, everything's perfect, everything's planned, and we're here for them. It's, uh, man, that intentionality, it's uh, not only do you get great students that go and compete and do really well, but you have this this palatable joy. You know, just people want to be there. Right. Yeah, no, that's uh, great advice. I'm, I'm excited, man. I, you know, I always knew I wanted to do a school eventually, but I was the type of guy that – never wanted to take my focus off my fighting. I thought if I took my focus off fighting, I wouldn't be, you know, progressing in that area. So now that I'm finally, you know, done with done fighting, I could put all my, my attention towards that. And, uh, yeah, that's where we're running to spend yeah. some of that. Basically what he's saying is spend some of that win fight bonus money, yeah, yeah, yeah. fight of the night money, you know, <laughs> yeah. you touched all, on all the, you, a minute ago. Money you we got paid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard you speak on that before too, but uh, you touched on Rashad, Rashad Evans before. That's a little bit of a mystery to me. You were supposed to fight him at UFC 205 and then again at 206, and both times he got pulled by the commission, right, for medical? What was what was the issue? I mean, one time was medical. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, that, that, that was a real hard fight. to. So I did three. <laughs> when I fought Kelvin Gesslum, which is – the fight before I ultimately retired, um, the, uh, yeah, I did three back to that back fights, fight camps that never fought, that never got, that's crazy. It's, wow. yeah, it's the worst thing, you know? Crazy, so like man. three full bat fight camps, it's crazy expensive when you're doing real fight camps, mm. we are fighting at that level. You know, I, I'm in contender. I'm top five in the world. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, the blue balls of fighting, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's, right, right. and, uh, it, yeah, and then like what it does to your bank account when you're doing those fight camps, but worst of all, what it does to your body. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, I was in my, my, in my mid to late third, I was in my late thirties at this point, you know, I'm trying to do my last kind of title run. And, um, and I was just putting everything in these fight camps, you know, then Rashad drops off. And then I do everything again for another one. And then Rashad drops off. I do everything again for another one and it drops off, gets a date changed. And then I get, then I get an opponent change. And I fight Gaslam and that dude just tools me up in a, in a very worn out body. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that, that's when I knew we we're, we we're done. That's when I knew I was, mm-hmm. I was done. I was done fighting. Um, but the uh, man, it just sucks. Mm. I, I would have loved to fight him because I think he was a great competitor. I think he was a great athlete. He's a great champion. Um, you know, and fighting a guy like Rashad at Madison Square Gardens in a fight like that, it's it's uh, everything that you want. And yeah. uh, all Frankie that. was on the UFC. He was on the two hundred five card, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ray, yeah. actually, right yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. 
Jeremy Stevens. Right? Yeah, Jeremy Stevens. Yeah. 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 That was a great fight. It was yeah, a great was, fight. That was a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't realize you were going to just fight a shot on that card. Yeah, 205 and 206. Yeah. That's wow, tough wow. coming in after three camps. Like you, you, It's hard to – you know it is. Everything about fighting is peaking, too. Mm-hmm. Peaking the right time. Three camps in a row, it's almost impossible, man. You're just going to be yeah. flat when you fight. Yeah. You know, but then um, so, some some solutions are, cool, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take, you know, four or five months off. But when you've just done three back-to-back camps, now you're six, seven months removed from your last fight. If yeah. I take those three to four months off to now I'm going to have ring rust coming back in a year, a year and a half in, mm. you know? And, um, and of course, yeah, you know, not throwing stones at fight or pay. Um, you know, we, I, I wasn't making enough money for me to take a year off from yeah. fighting. Right. Um, especially when you're paying for three full fight camps. Cause I, I I've always been really, uh, intentional and in, in making sure I'm paying coaches, um, even not just fight purse pay, but you know, they're coming in, they're betting on me to win. Um, but they're still taking time away from their families. They're still coming to the gym. You know, they're still trainers are coming in. So like I'm, I'm spending real money to go through these fight camps. Yeah. And you're not compensated in any way by the UFC for, no. I mean, it's not, it's not your fault, obviously not their fault no. either, but their pockets no, are well, certainly more deep than yours. I know you were, you were really trying to get a, 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 a you know, to get somebody to step in for Rashad, but never, never happened right i think you were calling out anderson silva i think you're calling out a bunch of people dude i i literally got on every social media and called out yeah. every 205 and 185 or that was within 200 miles yeah. Um, yeah. You know, i was just like throwing stones i was making fun of dude's moms um <laughs> yeah like i was doing anything i could but yeah yeah um, a different route yeah so you know, I I, I I would say I get a Rambo of, of the real life Rambo, you know? I could pitch you. you know, no, yeah. you are. Come on, you are. Yeah. Maybe Jason Bourne, something, something like that. I I, uh, I get to work with some pretty amazing guys and gals that are every bit of everything, every movie says that these guys are. Mm. Um, and uh, man, I, I just... I don't deserve to be in the same room as most of them. And, and, uh, you know, God has been real good. And, and this country has been really good to me to give me really great jobs and send me to really cool training to be able to do really great things. But 100%, I'm not being humble. I'm not like, Oh, cool. Yeah. It's the guys around me. Um, it's the, the absolute truth. We have the best and brightest men to ever wear the uniform in the history of this country wearing the uniform right now, as we just came out of 20 years of war fighting against, the most difficult enemy that we've ever fought in history. Um, you know, uh, an, an enemy that, that does unforgivable tor- you know, torturous, horrific things to civilian populace and, and then blames us, you know, and, and yeah. this, their professionalism to try to do the, the hardest job in the world, which is war. Uh, man, it's, it's been 19 years in uh, what's the date today? January 3rd, 2nd, 3rd, tomorrow. Tomorrow's my military anniversary. Wow. Yeah. Oh, how, yeah. how many I'll be, years? Uh, I'll be 18 years tomorrow. Wow. You're still active, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. You Now, you yeah. were part of the world. Uh, yeah. 
obviously we're all you know watching TV. I don't watch it too much anymore these days because I just think that it's it's just I don't know. I don't want to get political either, but it's tough to watch the news these days, especially, you know, I just don't believe half the shit they say. But, you know, um, back during the evacuation of Cabal there, Tim Kennedy pops up. I mean, you were part of that, right? They it was Now, was that in a civilian capacity or was that via military capacity? Or you can't speak on it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's, it's, it's complicated. It is complicated. Um, okay. Yeah, there are a lot of people like Tim Kennedy just like, went over there and was like, you know, doing things for Instagram. If there's a human on the planet <laughs> that thinks that I can hop on a plane and fly into a war zone yeah. into the only piece of land, not controlled by the Taliban in, in 2020, in August of 2021, <laughs> without the government knowing and approving that I'm going to be there, you're yeah. insane or you're an idiot, <laughs> you know, and probably both. Um, <laughs> It, you know, the, the capacity in which I was there, I was working for an NGO, which is a non-government organization to evacuate uh, people that were both military, American citizens, SIV holders, green card holders, um, you know, people that fought with us in Afghanistan that the Taliban really wanted, and really didn't want to leave. The problem was all of those people were in Afghanistan and not on the airport. The people on the airport, the American soldiers, they were not allowed to leave the airport to go and get those people. So those people, ultimately, it's a race against time. If the Taliban gets to them first, the Taliban has has not just the person, but they also have the knowledge and the tradecraft and the experience. You know, some of these people have top secret security clearances. Mm. They know how we conducted operations for the past 20 years. They know the call sounds, they know our assets, they know how we paid people, like a lot, you know, like what kind of companies we were using as fronts. Like they know some really sketchy stuff and we we're, it was a race to get to these people. Taliban wanted them to torture them, to know how we did things. And uh, we were trying to rescue those people, but, the American military wasn't allowed to leave the base. So insert people like me that were not there in an official military capacity. Um, those rules that limited um, movement didn't apply. Um, so that's why I say it's complicated. And that's why it's so pathetically ignorant of everybody. It's like, yeah, Dude, that glory whore Tim Kennedy. I was like, bro, do you not understand how the like the real world works? This went is over not there just to whore. take selfies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, hey, go and fly me in the the. I'm gonna play with the black money with the black credit card. I'm gonna be on a black C130. I'm gonna go and halo in. I'm gonna grab one of these dude. Get out of town, you know, you idiots. <laughs> You're always gonna have that though, and you got to be used to it. But you guys literally move thousands of people, right? I mean, I don't know if it's tens of thousands, but thousands, right? Yeah, in, yeah. In we, what, um, like a week, something like that. Like days. a week, ten days. Yeah, yeah. wow, yeah. that's uh, crazy. Yeah, th literally thousands of the most critical uh, people with, and, and the most marginalized. You know, the, the people, um, women, small business owners, um, Christians, orphans, <laughs> um, and then you know, pilots, engineers, uh, translators. Um, command the the Afghani special operations guys. They're called commandos. The Afghan commandos, which are the Afghan army special forces, those guys had very similar deployment schedules to us, and we would work alongside those guys. They were sought after by the Taliban. Um, they wanted those guys bad. So those were the type of people that we're going out out to find and to um, and to try and save. Wow. Terrible. I mean, it was like yeah. the, it was some of the worst. 
worst, some of the worst stuff I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah, and I've done this my, my whole entire life. I've, I've been in this world, Iraq, Afghanistan, you know, counter human trafficking, counter drug, you know, counter piracy, um, counter poaching, you know, I've been doing this stuff my whole life and I've never seen anything like what it was like in Afghanistan in, in August 21. Man, it was, uh, wow, that's saying something. That was bad. I know you would never, you know, toot your horn. You're a humble guy. I, I'll do it for you. I mean, like Frankie said, you 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 just are the epitome of a badass. Does anything make you feel vulnerable? And I, the reason I ask this is because, you know, I'm I'm not on your level, not even close. But as a dad, that's where I feel the most vulnerable. I can't be with my kids at all times. I can't protect them at all times. I can, sometimes they're going to have to make their own decisions. And and I think you've got an even bigger gap in in ages with your kids. I mean, I think you even have some kids in college, like you know, you, you, you span the gap. So I would imagine that's going to even be tougher. Does that make you feel vulnerable? Cause I mean, you can, you can save the planet, but sometimes, you know, like you're, you, you gotta just put your trust in your children, you know? Yeah. You know, but trust, but verify, yeah. um, you know, if, uh, I'm not getting to the, the, the situation that is this house, you know, but when those doors are closed, you need a tank to get into my home, right. you know? And, and then if you get inside this home, you got to get past a Belgian Malinois who only knows 10 commands. And, and two of those commands are about how to tear your throat out. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, you know, this is, uh, have you seen the movie wind river with Jeremy Reiner? I have not. Oh man. I wrecked. Yeah. It is an amazing movie. Um, and, uh, Taylor, Taylor Sheridan, who writes Yellowstone yeah, and Sicario. Yeah. Right. He's a brilliant writer. He's great. He's is Jeremy great. Reiner yeah. the one that just literally ripped his leg off with a snowcat? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Through yeah. a tourniquet. He self-rescued himself with the tourniquet. No health wow. is coming. So like, pretty amazing. Wow. Um, and th- there's a part. So Jeremy Reiner's character in Wind River, which is based off a true story. Um, his daughter was at a party and uh, he, he and his wife had, had traveled to spend a, you know, a 16 year old daughter, 16 year old daughter was essentially watching the house with his nine-year-old son. And um, so he and his wife could go have a night together off. And she invited a couple of her friends over. And uh, then those friends invited some other friends. And those friends ultimately invited some people that weren't friends. Jeremy Reiner's character in that movie, he doesn't ultimately know what happened to his daughter. Um, you know, because by the time the coyotes and vultures, you know, had picked most of it apart, they couldn't determine how she got 10 miles from her house and she's out in the Montana snow dying dead. And, um, you know, he, he, he gives this really short narrative about what does it look like to, to be a parent and to have the intentionality of being able to trust. And, you know, he, he, he talks about not being able to blink. You know, you, you can't blink not for an instant because they're gone. And, um, and, and I love my family so much and I can't be there all the time. Cause I, I there's a part of me that has to be other places to do the things that, that God put me on this planet to do and the things that I'm good at. And it would be a disservice to my family and to my country and to my friends and my, to not go and do those things. But in, in this, in this vein of not blinking, what does it look like in the same intentionality, you know, that, you know, Frankie, you fought for world titles, became world champion. Like, what does that look like to be a father? You know, can, can I be that, can I put the best food on the table that I can? Can I send them to the best schools that I can? Can I know, where those moments of struggle and hardship are, where I'm not a helicopter parent, making sure, you know, that they're walking around in a, in a, in a bubble and uh, protected from everything because they're not going to ultimately meet their potential without finding struggle and hardship and challenges. Right. You know, that's, um, you know, that's something that, 
you know, do I feel vulnerable there? Yeah. But man, of all the things I've ever tried to pour myself into, that's the thing that I'm pouring every bit of, of, of whatever intellect I have and whatever power I have, whatever passion I have, 100% goes into that. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Kids yeah. make the world go around. I mean, they and do. like you said, you can't blink. Cause it's, I mean, I my oldest is going to be 14 next week and I can't believe it. It's so, so wild to just think about, think about it. how old your oldest? Uh, 20. 20. Wow. Okay. So yeah, you're yeah. going through it. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. One of them is a ski instructor. Um, and, uh, you know, she, she teaches during the winter and on spring for, um, snowboarding and skiing. And then she goes to school the other two quarters out of the year. The other one, um, is currently re refinishing and remodeling a bus. She's, she's going to do that like journey RV life where she's That's doing awesome, the plumbing, man. the cabinetry, she's doing the electrical, um, you know, she's doing the batteries, the alternate current, the direct current, like it's wild watching her like figure out how to do all this stuff. That's and, awesome. uh, That's a free you know, spirit. That's right. My niece, my uh, niece wants to do that. Her and well, she's getting married next or this year rather. And that's what she wants to do. So they they want to like totally like build out a van, a big van. They want to take a year when they're young. She's only 23. And uh, they want to take a year and travel all the national parks in the United States and hike them. That's, and I was like, do it now. Now's the time to do yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, man. So uh, obviously, because you have kids in college, and you know that uh, that that span the gap, you, you've got them from young to to college age. Um, how do how do you see how do you see this world like turning back for the good? I mean, there's we, we've lost we've kind of lost real men here. It seems like seems like we've lost a lot of the faith people used to have in America values that we've had. Do you see that turning at any point? Do you see that coming back around? I mean, I know history is full of valleys and peaks right oh it, it has happened that way for years but what what brings it back yeah i um i don't know i'm scared yeah <laughs> me um, too man the uh i i have not lost faith or hope in the american spirit uh you know like during the great depression do we ever think that we'd be able to in 1940 be able to face two fierce entirely different theaters of war, one in the Pacific and one in, in Europe. Um, no, there's no way, right? Like people, you know, people are in the dust bowl trying to figure out how they can live, uh, you know, survive a family of six off two potatoes for the week. And then, uh, 10, 12 years later, they're on a boat going over to Europe to, to climb cliffs and jump out of airplanes. Nobody's ever done it before. You know, they're about to run up the sandy beaches of Iwo Jima and, um, you know, figure out how to build a nuclear bomb. Yeah. And then you look at the, the Korean war leading to the Vietnam war to the Vietnam war coming Vietnam warriors coming back to a broken society, you know, where they're getting spit on, you know, where, where, where blacks are finally figuring out that, they, that we as a society have failed in every measurable way of all men are created equal. And we're finally figuring out how to, 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 to treat every citizen with respect and give them what equal really means. And uh, here we are in 2022, still struggling through some of these same questions. Um, but I think that we're on this, the right trajectory. We've never been perfect. You know, um, 
whether you're a 16, 19 person or 1775, 76 guy, um, doesn't matter because we've all been, all of us as Americans have been on the same plane of trying to improve as a nation, as a people that share this value of what it means to be American, you know, and that's in our founding documents. And I love, I love every single word that's written in, in, in the constitution, our declaration of independence. So while I'm scared sometimes, I also have so much faith and hope in the American spirit. Yeah. And, uh, and I hope we don't have to have a Pearl Harbor or another nine 11. Um, but if we did, I, I know, we would answer the call. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Did you guys see Joe Rogan's post? He posted something. It was, uh, you know, it was a story about if you were born in 1900, oh, what, yeah. what you would have seen. And it's crazy to read it. Like written out, you don't think about it. You know, you just say some are born in 1900. What would they? But it, when it's spelled out in front of you, like all the crazy, like the World War One, World War Two, the Great Depression, all a bunch of those things you just named. You know the. Spanish flu, Spanish flu, like, yeah. oh, like it's, it's the depression. Crazy. Yeah. 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 I don't, yeah, I don't. but it, it, you're born in 1950. Um, you know, you, you get telephones in your house. Yeah. You mm-hmm. get, um, you know, right. you, you get to see the first computer, you get to hear the dial on internet for the first time. You know, you get to see the first text message ever sent, you know, they get to see, um, the first flip phone and then you get to see the first camera in a phone. And then you get to see you know, like that all happened in, in this era. You know, the first MRI machine, the first CT machine, the first CAT scan, the first time we were able to figure out where cancer, how cancer grew. Like right. that, that's in, a, in our lifetime. Yeah. You know, um, we just Argu- a, a, Sorry. I was going to say, arguably, you know, we just though, a 20-year war. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Technology, I don't know. You could certainly argue the point that those things you just mentioned – we're the beginning of a downward spiral for us. I mean, we live very much in a world now where everybody thinks Instagram, the world you live and see on Instagram is real. You know what I mean? There's yeah. people that think that's reality. That's a fucking highlight reel of the best things that ever happened in your life. That's all that is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And, uh, and that came it, it, with all that. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing that's curated or editorialized. That's ever good. You know, um, I, I, I love, one of the many reasons I loved Anthony Bourdain is how much he wore vulnerably on his sleeve, you know, and his shoulder. He really, um, his own struggles with addiction and looking at, we know in parts unknown when he'd travel the world, he focused on not that most delicious bite that he had, but more importantly, all of the, the work that went into making it. Yeah. And, uh, like in the opposite, Instagram is the opposite of that. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, here's this, this morsel of a moment that could not have been created with all of this hardship and struggle. And, uh, and it, it is such a disservice to, to, to curate people's perspective as to how success really exists. Yeah. And um, I don't know, you know, back to your question, like, I, I think we're turning a corner though. Like I think people are, they've been marketed to their whole entire lives. This generation, they, uh, they, they, I have never seen so many, many, so many people that want to learn about hunting that are mm-hmm. asking me about to how to be a, how to be a healthy person and to how to be a good husband and how to, what does it look like to, to start your own school? You know, how do you, it, I, like th- these were questions I got 10 years ago. You know, I, I, th- this is all new and this is awesome. And, uh, and I want more people to get on board of, of what does it look like to, to, to be free and to truly have sovereignty um, to not be scared and to to be a healthy person that is individually responsible 
knowing that no help is coming, that I can protect my family and I can provide for my family. I can preserve human life. Like these are, these are rad things that I, uh, I think, I think we're coming around. I, these are all great messages that the masses need to hear, but they're definitely trying to restrict, restrict that for happening. Yeah, they, are. <laughs> you know? yeah. they, they definitely don't want the message to get out, but it's gotta get out. Yeah. I got in trouble on Instagram today. I got like, <laughs> Hey, uh, we're taking this post down and we're putting another strike against your account. I'm like, what? Come on. <sighs> and, uh, literally just say what I just said. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I've, I've reposted things before that people have posted that stayed up and they flagged me. So weird. You know, I don't, I don't Yeah, care. it does matter who's, who says it. They do yeah. care about that almost as much about what's said. Mm. True facts. Yep. I do feel like that. I feel like that's true. They definitely keep an eye on some people, you know, it's, it's, it's odd, but I read, uh, I read somewhere that you, uh, you were a bouncer back in, Oh, do we lose him? Here we lost him. Let's see if we can, let's see if we can get him back. Was that us or was that him? Oh, you're back. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, fixed, my, I fixed my cauliflower earbud. It, it starts getting <laughs> pushed out with the cauliflower, and then it's I like disconnected. <laughs> I'm not part of that club, fellas. I'm not part of the, that cauliflower. You don't want to be in this club. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of do because people don't fuck with you guys. You know, uh, but, but uh, I don't know. There, there, there are some people that are like, oh, I want to fight that guy. Yeah, you better be a badass. Roger's got cauliflower on his behind. (laughs) (laughs) Always a gay joke in this guy. I think he's got a little thing for me. But anyway, I was saying, uh, I read somewhere you were a bouncer, I'm sure, in your your younger days. Um, I feel like you you would be the original John Dalton, you know, from Roadhouse. (laughs) No, Dalton, not John Dalton. His name was Dalton. Uh, I thought his first name was John. Just Dalton. Oh, was it? Oh, all right. Dalton. 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 Uh Dalton. Anyway. Isn't Conor McGregor? Isn't he doing? Yeah, that? He is. he's remaking he is. that, right? I think he he's is. He's gone Hollywood now. Yeah. So yeah. No, are you? Yeah, serious? I believe yeah, he, he, sure is, redoing, he is uh, Dalton now. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I don't know if I can handle that. Oh, that's such a classic yeah. movie, too. I have to put some thought into if I'm okay with yeah. this. I don't know, he's man. Be an Irish guy. He's got to lose the Irish accent for sure. Yeah, I mean, one of the uh, one of the greatest movie lines. It's when he's talking to the bouncers as, a, as an initial cooler. He's like, yeah. somebody makes fun of your mom, you be nice. Yeah. You know, if somebody spits in your face, yeah. you be nice. You know, you just be nice until, until it's time not you, to be nice. Yeah. That's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of my favorite yeah. lines. It's a great line. It's so though. true. Yeah. Little, little, little dramatic at the end when he rips the guy's throat out. I don't know how often that's happened in real life. But... <laughs> I don't know. With That'd the exception of that, it was a great movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, literally pulls, rips his throat out. That's crazy. He had like the claw fingers. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, right. Think about it, like eighties and nineties movies. You get away with that stuff. Now everything has to be, you know, very like re- has to be, you know, realistic and mm. you know even the gear, right? Like in in movies now, yeah. they want the gear to be good and and you know be, you know, all this. And yeah. I'm sure. That, do you ever get asked by movie people to come and like be a uh, director on film? Yeah, that'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah, no. They're like military consultants. Yeah, right. So right. Like, yeah, the uniform, the lingo. Um, I mean, even like this. I, I don't know who did this last Avatar movie. It was terrible. Whoever. No, the movie was amazing. Yeah. But the 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 whoever the military consultant was, man, they jacked all sorts of stuff up. And I was like, what? There's really? so many people that do it. Uh, you know, shame on you, whoever you are. <laughs> 
<laughs> the movie was good though. I, I, the movie was good. You saw it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, the first time they were underwater, I, dude, I was, it was like almost like an emotional event. It was so beautiful. My brain was like, yeah, is this real life? Like, what is going on right now? Man, it was cool. Yeah, it was definitely that guy James Cameron. He's 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 a good guy. He's yeah. an actor or a director. Director, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he said some wild stuff a couple of weeks. Yeah, I was ago, just though. gonna say that. I didn't want to get. He did say that about said, about men. Some about men need to be more emotional or cry yeah, more. No, some said, shit like that, right? Yeah, he said masculinity is a poison. Yeah, it's toxic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. that that should be that should be removed well, from man. Sully, like, his main character Sully's pretty friggin' masculine if you had this yeah, come he's in. literally a savage former yeah. marine yeah you know yeah. <laughs> that is running an insurgency against humans you don't right. get more like yeah. manly than that he's <laughs> also like real. a badass father with four kids his wife shoots a sick bow yeah dude yeah yeah <laughs> toxic masculinity yeah. wins there Yes, me. The, the, I don't know. Any, anything that ever comes out of Hollywood, I immediately put on my hypocrite vibe because mm. there's not a thing that they ever say that is ever coming from any other position besides I want to be cool in my little circle of other Hollywood mm. people. Yeah. You I'm know, virtual signal uh, the hell out of everybody. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. That seems to be the way it is. Um, you were training, uh, you've, you've trained obviously from a young age, you started training, you were involved in mixed martial arts and then, and then what happened that, that, that made you, what 9-11 had a, had a big part of you wanting to go overseas, right? Yeah, that was it. Reminded um, me of Pat Tillman a lot, honestly. Yeah, I, I, I'd already, um, I think, let's see, August, November of, so not 10 months before 9-11 happened. I just won the the ECC, the Extreme Cage Fighting Championship middleweight tournament. Everybody's in this tournament. You know, Dennis Kang, Jason Mayhem Miller, wow. um, and you know this this is uh, this is a really long time ago. And uh, you know, so I was already ranked top ten in the world when nine eleven happens, and I had to do something. Um, I was not being a, a good man. Um, I, I was being a really piece of shit and, um, watching Americans have to decide whether they're going to burn alive or they're going to jump to their death. You know, I, I, uh, I like, like tens of thousands of other Americans try to figure out how can I help? That was, that was it. Wow. Just said, I'm going at that point. Yep. Yeah. I walked out of the recruiter's office and there's like a thousand people in line ahead of me. And, um, and you know, it took, it took me a year and a half to, to get the contract ultimately to get me an opportunity to go to special forces. And, uh, and then on, uh, January 4th was my first day on the bus going to basic training. Wow. Yeah. I think that, that was, a time that certainly we came together as America, you know what I mean? Like um, as horrible as that was, if you could take anything good from it, we certainly pulled together as all as one. Nobody cared what color anybody was. Nobody cared. It was, it was, it was complete and total unity. And unfortunately, you know, it didn't last, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it was, it was, I'll never forget where I was when it happened. Yeah. No, I don't think anybody would. Yeah, no, of course everybody has that story. 
Now you knew you wanted to be special forces right away when you, when you, when you joined the military. So I, I went to uh, a Navy office first to tr- try and find out how to go to the Navy SEALs. Um, and then I went to the Marines to try and go recon. And, um, and when I got to the recruiter for the army, they had a new program that they had had a couple of classes called the 18 x-ray program. And, um, it has, it was something that they hadn't done in 40 years, which was essentially take a collegiate athlete. And once they get through basic training, infantry school and airborne school, and then a preparation to Tritter, then they send them to special forces selection. And if they get selected, then they get to go to, um, the, the Q course, which is this year and a half long training pipeline to become a green beret. And, um, and man, the moment that I found out about that program, I was like, dude, mm-hmm. <laughs> sign, get, show me where to sign. I, I would, I would have, uh, <laughs> sold my mom to, to <laughs> be able to sign on that dotted line. Wow. That's awesome. Look how, look yeah. how much your life changed from, from that. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah. For, for the better. You know, I, yeah. I, uh, I, I, I keep, you know, you don't have to be in the military. And I, there's a lot of people that are like, man, I, I didn't serve. I wish I had, there, there are so many ways to serve. Um, it, the military is the greatest way to do it, you know, but finding ways to, to serve your community and to give back to your country, you know, like that, it's not what your country can do for you, but it's what you can do for your country. Um, even though that sounds like a self, like a, a sacri- like a, a way to sacrifice and be selfless, the things that you get back from these acts of service shaping character and teaching you discipline, you know, like you can't get any other way besides doing these acts of service. And, uh, man, it's like, I I hope everybody finds a way to to serve their country or their community in a way because it just makes you a better person. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Um, Tim, what is sheepdog response? Can you talk us through that? It looks, uh, looks really cool, man. It looks like somebody uh, would want to come down there and do dude. Come. Yeah. Yeah. I'm serious. Just all you have to do is email me a date that you're free and I'll just like, and you get to go just like that. Frankie, you can come anytime. Your family can come. Your wife can come. So the mission statement of sheepdog response is, um, we just added a a new single word there, uh, is to equip and train people to preserve and protect and provide for human life. Hmm. That's it. Preserve, preserve, protect and provide. Um, so we teach people, uh, how to shoot long rifles. We teach people how to do medical, like in a TTRC course, tactical trauma response course, uh, vehicle defender course. We teach uh, our, our marquee class is called the protector. Um, in the protector, you have a two and a half day course. You learn kind of the basic fundamentals of fighting. You learn the basic fundamentals of shooting. You learn the basic fundamentals of situational awareness and you learn the basic fundamentals of medical. And um, these, uh, the cadre, the, the instructors at this course, they are the best in the world. Delta Force, Navy SEALs, Marine Recon, um, uh, Air Force PJs, um, and like the guys that have done this their entire lives. And now they're, they still have the heart for service and they, they, they want to better prepare Americans for what they know life can be really unfair and terrible sometimes. I, I, I was, you know, 
I was holding on for your, I thought you were going to say for what they know is coming. I was like, oh, shit, we better get that class in soon. We there. You made me nervous. I, I did think, you know, it's, it, it's, it's always better to be um, a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. I like that. And, uh, and uh, an equipped, trained, prepared society is the most beautiful thing. You know, the, the way that America had the opportunity to be America was, you know, we, we weren't this privileged, entitled people. Like these were savage people that carved their existence, you know, into the forest, fighting bears and feeding their families off their own land. You know, but they were also these beautifully well-read, brilliant philosophers, you know, that wrote some of the most beautiful documents ever to be written in, in, in our beautiful language. And, like that was because they were independent, self-sufficient citizens. Right. Um, like nobody has to put food on my table. You know, I, I put food on my table. Nobody knows how to, I don't need to call a doctor um, this weekend on New Year's Eve when uh, one of my friends maybe got a gigantic s- smash in his lip and needed to get eight stitches. You know, like we can do all this, <laughs> you know, um, I don't, I don't need antibiotics because I don't get sick. You know, I don't, um, I don't need any of the stuff and that beautiful freedom and sovereignty can only really exist when people are individually responsible and self-sufficient. So sheepdog response, we give people the training and tools to live their life to the fullest. I don't want people to live in fear, you know, during like the, the riots and the kind of the, the social unrest of 19 and 20 and 21. Um, you know, like there, there were, there were communities that were burning down. And, uh, you know, there were Americans hurting other Americans. Um, you know, I wasn't scared, <laughs> you know, none of my <laughs> friends were scared and, uh, you know, and, and we're doing everything we can to help with as many people as we can, you know, um, you know, when there are long lines for people to get into supermarkets to get food during COVID, um, I wasn't standing in any of those lines, yeah. you know, neither were any of my friends and neither were any of my family members. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and that's what, that's what real freedom looks like. You know, I don't want to be honest to anybody. So like come to our class. It, it's so difficult to explain the the type of freedom that's on the other side of this hard work, you know? And, uh, but man, it is so rewarding to not have to live in fear and be like, man, I know how to do that. You know, Jeremy Reiner, thank God he knew how to tur- put on yeah, a tourniquet. Right. Wow. You know, think how much uh, time and money you would save, Frank, if you took that class and you could stitch up your own face, you yeah. know, save a ton of dough, you know? Oh <laughs> uh, Yeah. That's crazy though, the Jeremy Renner story. It is. He was helping us someone else with a snow plow, right? He's helping no, someone. No, no. You know what a snow cat is? No. It's like those things that you, you've been skiing. You see those yeah. things that shape. Well, some people privately own them, like if they live, you know, have a lot of land right. or whatever. Well, I guess it was New Year's Eve, right? And they just had a huge snowstorm, I think. And he was actually operating it. And I don't know how his injury happened, but somehow the thing rode over or backed over his leg. And like it was, it was he was profusely bleeding out from what I heard anyway. Yeah. Um, you, 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 you have a finite amount of blood in your body. And if you do not, if too much of it gets out, there's, there's no coming back, right. you know? Um, so like, thank God he knew what to do. Um, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that some of the, the movie sets that he's been on, they've, they've had to have had, uh, you know, very high level teachable C guys and tactile trauma response guys there. Um, and obviously a lot of the military consultants in some of the movies that he's been in, that would have just been naturally present. So like, however he learned that, man, it saved his yeah. life. Yeah. So yeah, that, that is knowledge that it's better to have that, and not need. 
Right. I read the hardest thing for the, you know, medical professionals was to get to him because they just had a huge snowstorm and they couldn't that's why he was in the snowcat. Yeah. So they couldn't really get to him. So I don't know how I guess I gotta read more about it. I don't know how he ended up getting to the ambulances and stuff, but uh somehow he got there and it looks like he's gonna come out of this. But he was in that what was that movie? It was a great movie, uh, where he played the bomb expert. The Hurlocker. The Hurlocker, oh, yeah. great movie, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's a great actor, man, for sure. Yeah, you got to watch Wind River. Yes, Wind River. Yeah, it's on my so, list yep. for sure. Yeah, yep. I'll, I'll I'll DM it to you. Yes. Yep. For sure. Yep. You got Tim Kennedy. You got people. You got people. You don't I, answer your own DMs. I thought I was talking to you. I felt cool for a minute. I was like, I'm talking. He's like, whoever answers your DMs is like, you got to email Tim. I'm like, wait, I ain't talking to Tim. No, I thought I was talking to Tim. Yeah, talking to Jim. Uh, I was talking to Jim, uh, not Tim. I'll- I'll tell you what, if you are spending more than 10 minutes a day on social media, you need to seriously reevaluate your life. Mm, there you go. So you have somebody yeah. that does all your posting and stuff for you? I mean, like I, I posted a picture today from, you know, Giancarlo and Nick and, and Luke smashing my face in. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I wrote a couple of paragraphs about what it looked like to be a martial artist for 40 years and just go get spanked by a couple of young boys. Um, you know, like that, that was me. So it's, yeah. it's my words, it's my posts, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I, I would rather just take the time to, to think about what I say and, uh, you know, snap a photo in the moment and then just be done with it. Right. You know, I, I don't want to, um, I'd rather spend my, my, my time living life than looking at somebody's again, curated editorialized existence, right. yep. you know, uh, agree. agree. Yeah. If it, all ended, real. If, if it all ended tomorrow, you wouldn't be upset. Oh, no, I would. I almost I wish be, it did. I almost wish it did. Yeah, you know, kind of. don't have the option to do it. Yep, you know. Yep. Yeah, well, I mean, you you do have an option. You literally can vote and you know change um, the uh, like my real phone number is not does not go to the phone on my in my hand right now. Mm, you know, um, right. you know that's uh, that phone number is for for the people I care about and the people I want to talk to. Right. Um, you know, like. Can you imagine how many million people can reach out to me on Instagram? I like, know it's crazy. I don't know those people. Yeah. You know, I, I got a three-year-old and a seven-year-old and a couple of brilliant college daughters and a beautiful wife on the other side of there. I can't wait to get over there and start talking to. You. And uh, you know, like, I don't need to talk to them. They, I, I don't owe those people anything. I owe right. so those true. people everything. So right. true. Yeah. You shouldn't spend your life trying to impress people you'll never meet or know, you know? So I agree with that. Yeah. I think sometimes yeah. we all get a little wrapped up in it. At least I have, I admit it, you know, but uh, I like to come back to reality and this is a good reminder of that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Go be real, eat real food, yep. get real sleep, make love to real people and uh, you know, be present what are you doing and later? be intentional. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Scott Rogers is silly, bro. <laughs> Man, I, I appreciate you guys. You're, uh, Thanks for reaching out, though. No, the, Tim, glad, glad, uh, glad we got out. to hook up, man. This was awesome. You know, obviously, uh, I remember coming down actually when uh, when I did the press tour in Austin, and then you you pulled up. We did the interview together, and if you remember yeah. that for the TV, and you dipped out in your motorcycle. I'm like, damn, this guy's so fucking cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'll tell you, I would, that was not a, a disingenuous invitation. You both are invited to any course, anytime at Sheepdog Response. And if you ever come down to Texas, I'll take you to my school and uh, both this, our children's school and our martial arts school. And yeah, I'll cook it. you the best steak you've ever had in your whole entire life. Oh, and you man. can never have a steak any other way besides the way that you had in Texas. All awesome. right. That sounds that, like man. a plan. 
Thanks, Tim, so much for coming on. We'll let you get back to your family real quick. Little plug: where where can people find you if someone wants to sign up for Sheepdog Response or or any of your other uh, Philly, you know your 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 things you got going on? Ranger Up, I think, is another one, right? Yeah, yeah, all the all the things. The um, yeah, but as as you just let the cat out of the bag, you're actually not getting me. But all of the the places that you would expect to find me. Um, or at least a person that is running the stuff that is me, uh, Tim Kennedy, MMA, you know, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook and all those things. And then uh, sheepdog response is our training company here in Texas. Very good, man. Appreciate you, Tim. Thank you so much for coming on brother. Yeah. Thanks. Brother. Absolutely. Catch you soon. Yeah. Man. Take care. Yeah. Take care.